Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Unsafe Space. This is kind of an impromptu live stream. I'm Carter Lair, and this is the lovely Carrie Smith. Hello, hey, Carter. Carrie. Let's see if I can move this wrong way. <laughs> there you go. So you're in frame now. Uh, big breaking news. I'm getting I'm out of town and we're about to celebrate my wedding again in a different town. That's not the news. I'm just kidding. We have other news. That's the news. <laughs> No, <laughs> oh. but this happened today and we were like, let's just do a video about it real quick. So I just got here and opened my laptop. I haven't really and... even looked it over much. Uh... Yeah, well, let's read it. This is from, uh, there's an internal whistleblower at NASA who sent us these documents that they are, for, okay, so from what I understand, the employees, at this stage, the employees can opt out. They don't have to yeah, attend. So I went through a second party after mm -hmm. your source who also works at nasa and she had not seen these yet mm -hmm. um so it's i guess just getting rolled out but she does know the people listed on the documents which means it's like a real like it's corroborated this is really from nasa so we have two people yeah. saying yes this is from nasa um should i just put it up yeah let's put it up so this All is right. from a training that would fall under the dei umbrella the diversity equity inclusion which on our show, on Unsafe Space, we talk a lot about how it doesn't matter if you're talking about critical race theory or if you're talking about intersectionality or if you're talking about third wave feminism or if you're talking about queer theory, it's all under the same umbrella, which we most often call social justice. So this is social justice indoctrination that's being paid for with our tax dollars for NASA employees. And I'd just like to read through some of these slides. And as we're doing so, just ask yourself, is this a good use of our money? First and foremost. Secondly, is it a good use of their time? That's maybe more important. Is it a good use of their time? I'm sorry. NASA? I, I mean, yeah. I, you know what? I'm an anarchist, right? Of course it's not a good use of their money. NASA is not a good use of money. Come I'm on. talking to the like, viewers. The viewers are not all anarchists like you. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's not NASA. a good use of money. It turns out. That the government guys, is wasteful and doing stupid shit. Right. Look, breaking news. Know, Here we go. I know we're all <laughs> figuring out how to get to the moon, right? But let's take some time out and talk about microaggressions. Okay, let's get through this slide. Topic Understanding microaggressions presented by Anna Turner. I looked at Anna Turner up. She does work at NASA. Mm. Uh, microaggressions are incidents in which someone accidentally <laughs> or, or accidentally on purpose. Or purposely, but I like that purposely is in parentheses, uh, in which they accidentally make an offensive statement or ask an insensitive question. Microaggressions are also verbal, behavioral, and environmental indignities that communicate hostile, derogatory, or negative slights and insults to the target person or group. Microaggressions. Wait, 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 can, before what? you go on, yeah. can we just pause on this for a minute? So there's something that um, actually sounds pretty n normal about this if you look at it from like with a 1980s lens on, which is if there's a reasonableness test. So normally you would say, oh, I mean, obviously the term microaggressions is, is crazy, but normally you would say like, hey, at our workplace, don't say insulting things to each other or maybe like, yeah. don't do, don't be offensive to each other. But there's an, there was an implied standard, which is things that a reasonable person might obviously construe as offensive, not right. Not just if you're offended, therefore it's offensive. And the part that's not 
communicated here, but is is implied and intended is if the person receiving it decides that they're offended for any irrational reason, you're guilty. You're guilty. Um, yeah, this is a part of the social justice ideology. They say that intent doesn't matter. It's all in the person receiving it. And so if they receive it as in any way offensive, then it's offensive. It doesn't matter if a reasonable person would, would think that it is or not. Right. So, and intent is irrelevant here. You like intent a lot, but intent's not one of the things here, right? Because it can be accident yeah. accidental. In fact, it yeah. is. They say it is It is accidental most of the time. That's why they put purposefully mm -hmm. in uh, in parentheses. So it mm -hmm. says microaggressions happen casually, frequently, and often. Wait, frequently and often? Oh, sorry. Often without any often harm without intended. Harm intended. In everyday life. So so again, they're, they're saying intent doesn't matter. They happen without harm intended. Um, microaggressions seem small, but compounded over time, they can have a harmful impact on an employee's experience, physical health, and psychological well-being. Research suggests that subtle forms of interpersonal discrimination like microaggressions are as harmful as more overt expressions of discrimination. So no, now they're telling, it. no, and, and they don't, so now they're telling you that these things that happen that you can't really perceive that, that are accidental and you're unconscious of them and you don't intend offense, that these things are discrimination. They're just saying that as a fact also. Um, yeah. And I, I, I'm sorry, maybe I, maybe they're going to point to a paper somewhere, but I don't believe that. I don't believe yes. that statement. I think that statement's a lie. I do not think re that research at like there, there's a body of uh, credible research that says that using the N word is the same as man spreading. I don't believe that. Man spreading being the microaggression. You mean? Yeah, yeah. like the what overt, they would call the like overt horrible aggression, like an overtly bad thing to do versus like my balls need a little bit more well, space. Well here's the thing is when you get down into this Carter, you'll see examples they give of microaggressions. And, and I don't doubt that the people who have been indoctrinated in this ideology to, to see microaggressions everywhere. I don't doubt that they experience um, what psychological harm, but, but I would argue that that is, that's, that's their problem on them. That's their responsibility <laughs> that they're right. going out and looking to be harmed. It's the personality type that sort of, I'm looking to be constantly inflamed. If there's something wrong, but it's, it's not that a person, it's not that your coworker complimented you on your intelligence. That's not the problem. The problem is you. Right. I see what you're saying. I, <laughs> like, I went to a UFO convention, found people in tinfoil hats and then asked them about conspiracies. And apparently they're everywhere. And it's like, well, yeah, because you're looking, those for were the them. people you asked. <laughs> Yeah, like, you're sure. looking to see microaggressions, yeah. Okay, so let's okay. get through this. Um, okay, so microaggressions occur because they are outside the level of conscious awareness of the perpetrator. This really gets to the heart of, again, one of the, the tenets of social justice ideology, which is that your intent doesn't matter and that you're sort of, um, depending on your race or your sex or, or whatever different you know, identity groups you're born into, that you're born with different levels of original sin. They call that your privilege. So this is like right. when Hillary Clinton said, you know, white people all have an inherent bias, implicit bias. They're saying it's sort of built in and you're not even aware of it. You just have this right. unconscious bias that you're, you're perpetrating in the world. So then it says the best solution to decrease microaggressions is to increase awareness. Oh, interesting. Because if you increase awareness, I think you might have people you seeing them everywhere. Yeah, you're going to increase, <laughs> yeah. people are going to be seeing them. Um, it's also to insist that people stop committing them and calling out those who do. Calling out culture. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, this is just uh, this is just psychological craziness. This is just paranoia. Like, this is just weird. Like, you're creating boogeymen, teaching people to see boogeymen, and then yeah. yelling at people who allegedly are responsible for unconsciously <laughs> manifesting boogeymen. It's it's a recipe for absolute insanity. Uh, yeah. I wonder NASA sucks. All right. Now, this is the interesting part. This is where they give the examples. So here's a chart. It says topic, understanding microaggressions, examples of verbal and nonverbal microaggressions. So we have this chart here. And um, on the left-hand column, you see microaggressions. And they're going to have some examples here. So here's the first square. They have this example. Where are you from? <laughs> Sorry. Where are you from? Where were you born? You speak good English. Now, here's the thing about this one. I've told you, I've given this anecdote before. I'm in a social justice, I'm in a couple of different social justice groups online still. And one of the ones I'm in, there's a, it's mostly white women. And they're often, one of, their, one of their common topics is the white women sort of wringing their hands about how they can't make any friends with women of color. And this one woman she was she was saying this black woman just moved to my town i'd really like to i'd really like to become her friend but um does anybody have any good starting questions and things i can ask i can't ask her where she's from because that's a microaggression <laughs> and i love this which anecdote vaccine because... did you get that's a good <laughs> starting opening line there you go <laughs> but i love this example because that shows you in a nutshell what's this, what this ideology does to people it that white woman may have already had built-in racial prejudice and, and racism who knows but if she didn't woke ideology has now made her into a racist because it's teaching her she has to treat this woman differently because she's black it's like i would ask her where she's from except she's black so i can't do that and and it makes you the first thing she's doing when she's interacting with someone is first of all getting freaky excited because she's black and like oh maybe i'll have a black friend that's weird first of all secondly it's it's then limiting it's it's making you neurotic and you're going through all the questions you can ask and which ones are unintended defense you know and and which ones can I ask a white person but not a black person that's you're treating people differently on the basis of race that's racism so that here it is in a slide they're teaching NASA this that hey you you shouldn't ask that of certain people you sh you should ask where are you from only of certain races, maybe only of white people, maybe, but not of. Here we go. Uh, in the in the other column, they say uh, Asian Americans and Latino Americans. If you're asking it of them, then it's you're assuming that they're foreign born, and this is a sort of uh, microaggression, a racist microaggression, because it's saying to them, "You're not American." Can you're I just foreign. point something out? Yeah, it's not insulting to be not American. Yeah. The implication here is that by 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 saying you weren't born in America, that's somehow an insult. It's not an insult. And <laughs> I just let me just I'll just point this out because it's funny to me. My my wife was born in China. The person I mentioned at NASA was born in Colombia. Uh, so there's the Asian and Latino communities represented. Neither one of them, if you were to say, where are you from? Feels like. <laughs> you're telling them they're a foreigner. <laughs> like, my wife has I an accent, am? so it's very obvious. She knows, like, it's obvious that she was not born in the United States, and she's happy to tell you about where she's from. And the other person loves talking about the fact that she was born in Colombia. So, like, I, this is not an insult. 
to say, where are you from? Like, that's not an insulting thing. And the thing that pisses me off about this is they're telling you what the impact slash message is here. That's one interpretation. That's your paranoid, like, racist interpretation, bad faith interpretation of my question, where are you from? Maybe I'm looking for the answer, Detroit, because you sound like you have an accent that I recognize. Who knows why I'm asking where you're from, right? Um, But that, it's a bad faith. It's automatically assuming, hey, when you ask this question, you only mean it in this bad faith way, and you mean to insult people. If the answer is not, I was born in America, you mean it as an insult, which is absolutely arrogant and crazy. Yeah. But okay. You know, I, I will say this is effective though, because if when you're in the cult of social justice, you, you it starts slowly. They get you to accept one unreasonable belief at a time and it builds. And so eventually you get to a place where you're just taking these things in faith. You're very religious in that way. You're just taking it in faith that you shouldn't do it. Um, because what if you accidentally offend? And I remember times when I was in social justice where I lived briefly when I was in college in Tanzania and I, I studied Swahili for four years and I was in a cab on the East coast and there are more people who speak Swahili on the East coast than the West coast in the, in the States. And I remember a couple times where I was like, oh, my cab driver has, I think he's from East Africa and I wanted to ask him. And then my social justice censor, a little filter would be like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that. a raci- that's racism. That's a microaggression. Don't, and you know what you do? It robs you of making connections with humans. Like, since I left wokeness and left social justice, I've asked that question of people who I sound like they might be from Kenya or Tanzania. And I've had some really cool conversations with people because of it. But back when I was woke, it's like you have that internal sensor that's constantly telling you, you can't have that thought. You can't have that curiosity. You can't ask this. That's a racist thing. It doesn't matter if you intend it to be racist. It's so messed up. It's so messed up. And it robs you of those really beautiful human interactions. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, what if at NASA, it's important for you to know where your coworkers from because there's an important piece of information you need from that place to build your rocket? <laughs> just yeah, by the, I'm just going to point this out because I hate NASA so much. And I pointed this out to my friend who works there. NASA is a real estate company. They don't do anything. They own some fucking launch pads. They don't do crap. NASA sucks. Real people build rockets. NASA doesn't build shit. They rent real estate out to people. Fuck NASA. I like, stop idolizing NASA. I also grew up in the 80s and idolized NASA. I get it. Boomer nerds like me, I get the Gen X nerds that NASA was awesome. NASA's not awesome. NASA is not cool. So we shouldn't expect much from them. I'm so, I just hate NASA so much. I just. I didn't yeah. know that, but okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, I didn't know that about NASA. Okay. Uh, I guess I still kind of have bought into some stuff about them. Okay, right. Elon on the- Musk launches rockets. NASA rents some real estate to him and gives him permission. And has <laughs> so, microaggression right. trainings. Okay, the next <laughs> yeah, one. And, yeah. Okay, Go so ahead, here's next, one. Yeah. Quote, microaggression. You are a credit to your race. Okay, yeah, that's ra- I think that's racist. Like, why would you be saying you are either a credit or a detriment to your race? I agree. Uh, you are so articulate. No! There are some people who are not articulate. If someone happens to be especially articulate, it's nice to pay them that compliment. <laughs> like that's nothing wrong with that. They want you to think that that's something racist. It's not. Um, your credit to your race, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, asking an Asian person to help with a math or science problem. What? You're not going to What if ever... they're the best person to help with the math or science problem? Right. You're never going to ask them? You're never going to ask I would ask them. you to help me with this because it's your job. But I noticed that you're Asian. <laughs> so I'm going to ask someone else. <laughs> but it would be racist of me. So then if you move it. on, it tells the employees that uh, – that this is uh, an ascription of intelligence, assigning intelligence to a person of color on the basis of their race, and that the implicit bias in context is that people of color are generally not as intelligent as whites. <laughs> Wait, I thought you just said Asians are the smartest. Um, well, the second <laughs> implicit bias is all Asians okay. are intelligent. Okay, I'm sorry, I'll... I should have assumed you were dumb instead of smart. Wait, which is it? Yeah, never mind. Oh, man. The whole, I mean, All Asians again, are intelligent and good at math sciences. Yeah, uh, the impact slash message, again, it's this, it's this bad faith bullshit message. That's right. Not, right. Like, no one thinks that. Now, no one says, no one says you're a credit to your race either. I've never heard that, except for no, on these, sh these slides. I've never heard that um, since examples that I heard when I was a kid of the kind of racist stuff that people might say in the fifties or sixties, like some of this That's stuff. That's what I mean. Like, like on these kind like of training war. things I see yeah. that listed, but I, I don't, I've never in real life heard anyone say you're a credit to your race other some than I stuff, just said it to you. It's taken from the, some of the stuff is taken from history. Like they very, they very much want us to believe that we're living in a different time period than we are. Um, right. Okay. Then the third one I think is very important because this <clears> is their <throat> attack on individualism and their attack on colorblindness. And this is something I know James Lindsay's talked about quite a bit. I'm trying to think who else I've heard discuss it. Well, let's, James Lindsay's talked about this and I'm sure he has stuff about it on his website. And this is where they are purposefully conflating these two words. They're confusing the two different definitions of colorblind. Like there's the actual colorblindness where like, I literally cannot see color. <laughs> and then there's well, colorblindness. But yeah. No, but that's what I mean. They're they're purposefully conflating these two. They will take these two definitions and they'll say, because it's impossible not to see race because you're not technically colorblind, then it's in therefore it's impossible to treat people as individuals, as if race doesn't matter. You, yeah, I don't think they're actually saying? talking about the technical colorblindness because that's you could actually still tell race if you were colorblind. I, what they mean is that you can't physically not tell race. Therefore... Right. Yeah, therefore, right. you, you so, can't pretend. But no one pretends that they don't physically see race. They just go out of their not, way to try and treat people like individuals. Yeah, you're right. They I'm, conflate maybe that. Maybe I'm not describing this well. So they're saying, they're trying to do a trick. They're trying to tell normal people, like average people who hear this, they're trying to say, saying I'm colorblind. When, when a person says I'm colorblind, what they mean is I'm not going to treat you any differently because of your race. What social justice people are, are telling you is, no, you're not colorblind. You see race. Therefore, it's impossible for you to not treat people differently. Right. And yeah. So, they're conflating the yeah. physicality yeah. of it with, with yeah. the moral it's intent. Yeah. It's a trick. Yeah. So here's the example that they give for this part. This is, a, again, this is an attack on individualism. It's an attack on treating people as individuals instead of judging and treating them based on their race. And so they give an example, a quote says, when I look at you, I don't see color. Uh, here's another one. America is a melting pot. Remember that? They don't like America as a melting pot. They say America is a salad. <laughs> uh, um, quote, there's only one race, the human race. And then look at what they've added in here. This must be a new update. All lives matter. Well, I mean, the, the 
the last few are real. I mean, when I look at you, I don't see color. I don't actually hear people say that either because that just sounds kind of weird. Like, were you supposed to be seeing color? Like, why are you telling yeah. me that? Um, but the last three are, and and actually that the, there was only one, one race, the human race. That one really bothers me in particular. Um, not only is it hypocritical, which they don't care about, because they are the first ones to say race is a social construct and doesn't actually exist. So by implication, that means there's only one race, the human race. That's what they mean. Um, but what I really don't like about this is it's a, like, what a unifying thing. Like, that's a, <laughs> actually, all three of those, maybe the, the last one's a little bit of a political statement, but America is a melting pot and there's only one race, the human race. Those are unifying statements meant to bond like people that. across different cultures and races and religions saying like, hey, we're all in this together. We're all members of the human race together. Let's let's be together. Like, there's almost nothing more unifying that you can say than, hey, we're all human together. Like we're all in this together. They don't like that. The fact they, that that's a microaggression is is quite telling. They also, this is why they are enemies of any faith or, or any other faith system or ideology or belief system that is about unity. So for example, Christianity, they have to try and tear Christianity down or take it apart from the inside because Christianity is very much like there's, there's no division. You're my brother and my sister in Christ. It's like unity. And this, this is all about showing you divisions, putting everybody in what racial group they're in and judging and treating them differently on that, on the basis of that. So, right. Yeah. They don't and like these are the same that people that do that. What was their thing for the past, you know, well, during Trump's presidency? Look how divided he is. He's just so divisive. We want unity. We want unity. Okay, now you're in charge. Uh, can't say everyone's all together. <laughs> like, that's yeah. an aggression. <laughs> like, uh, well, okay. Speaking of Trump, this is one of the reasons that I voted for him as a liberal because because of his executive order against uh, critical race theory, against this kind of indoctrination in our federal labs. And th there was that story that uh, Chris Rufo broke about Sandia Labs, Casey Peterson, and how they were, they were doing all of this sort of implicit bias training, unlearning your toxic whiteness, or whatever they named it in that case at Sandia Labs. And Trump passed an executive order saying you can't spend taxpayer dollars on this, which I'm like, great, that's... Uh, that's more liberal than what I've seen any of the totalitarian authoritarian leftists doing who are now trying to say, you know, have taken over the Democratic Party. So that was one of the big reasons why I voted for him. And and then, of course, what was one of the first things Biden did when he got in there? Got rid of that executive order so they can again start using this racist indoctrination, using our money to fund this racist indoctrination. Yeah. Um, and again, the impacts and messages here that they they're all. It's not true. They're saying that you, you're denying a person's experience. You're denying their racial cultural being. It's not a denial of your racial cultural being to say America is a melting pot or there's only one race. There's a difference between denying it and centering it. What they mean is, or not centering it. What they mean is you need to center it. It needs to be the most important thing. And if you emphasize our common humanity, that's a microaggression. Um, and by the way, you must assimilate a culture, acculturate to the dominant culture. Mm, I think in certain respects that is true and should and is necessarily true if you want to hold the country together. Like you can't have people come into a country and be like, 
this is great, but I hate individual rights. It's like, all right, well, we're founded on that. So if that's not part of what you like, if you don't want to be there, like you can't, you can't move to Japan and be like, Japanese people suck. It's like, well, uh, you're not going to get along well. Like they have a culture that's pretty, you know, monolithically Japanese. So, you know, and I'm not talking about food. I'm not talking about irrelevant stuff, but like, this is one of the problems with yeah, not wanting people to assimilate. Like there are things that should be assimilated to and the principles upon which America were built. Uh, one of those principles being NASA sucks. Uh, <laughs> that should be, you should totally assimilate. Okay, you wanna do okay, the next but, one? Well, now before we move on to the next one, look at what they're saying about this, this third one, which again, I think is really important because this is the one where they're attacking individualism. They're attacking, treating people as individuals and Look at what they say that these statements about colorblindness uh, under theme, they say colorblindness statements that indicate that a white person does not want to acknowledge race. That is a lie. The, again, this is the trick they're playing. It doesn't mean that a white person doesn't want to acknowledge your race or can't physically see that you're a different race. What they're saying is, I don't want to treat you differently because of your race. And that should be the standard. That should be the standard, is that you shouldn't treat someone differently because of their race. But of course, By that's way, at odds with this belief system. Since we've since critical race theory has been in the news, this is the application of critical race theory. They're not using the words critical race theory anywhere in here. But this part of the, obviously, some of these microaggressions are not about race, although the ones, these mostly tend to be about race. But this is critical. This is the application of critical race theory. It's, it's prioritizing racial differences and making those the most important thing about people and getting offended and pissed off if someone emphasizes commonality between different racial, racial groups or, or people um, and individuality. By the way, this is reminding me, I, I know that we're not really doing the news right now, but I saw this on Twitter today. I'm going to read this. Former at-large DC council candidate Addison Sarter is expected to propose a new ballot initiative, the Black Autonomy Act. It would create autonomous African-American areas within DC with their own mayor and legislatures. So they literally are trying to build, like do apartheid in DC. Like they, they're for segregation. That's what they're trying to build now. And you can see the ideology behind it right here. Okay. Here's the, the fourth one. A white man, okay, so this, the, this is the example they give of the fourth one. A white man mm -hmm. or woman clutching their purse or checking their wallet as a black or Latin X, okay, they use the Latin X person approaches or passes. A store owner following a customer of color around the store, crossing the street when a person of color approaches. Now, this one we've talked about on the show before too. They want to disable any, uh, any of your natural... Um, gut reactions or they're telling you that all of your gut reactions must be based in some kind of racial prejudice or gender-based prejudice and they want to disable that and i've seen what that does in real life <laughs> and i have that example of scary story yeah yeah the time i was held up in college and because i had just because you did this because I did this. I had just come from an Amnesty International dismantling racism training. It was the first one of these kind of indoctrinations I'd been to. And my friend and I were walking back. Uh, it was, this was at Duke University off of East Campus. We were walking back to campus um, pretty late night uh, coming from a bar. And this this guy starts approaching us from down the street. And he says, I'm going to you up, afford you up. And my brain is like, 
turning real fast. Like, cause we want, you know, normally you would say, Let, let's turn around, but I had just come from this training and my, my brain has now been rewired to judge and treat people differently on the basis of race. And it's telling me, well, you can't turn around and run because he's black. And what if you're doing it because of an inherent bias? And what if it's inherently prejudiced? And you, and we kept walking towards him and it was not good what happened. And that's a long story. I'm not going to derail. We're trying to keep this short, but I've told it in other episodes. This is trying to get you to cut off any of your natural um, instincts and to cast all of them in a different light. Self-preservation is now yes. a microaggression. Basically, that's because, the point. Yes. And again, it's coming from that. because It's rooted in, the, in that presupposition that you are inherently racist and you are inherently sexist and that any of those instincts that you have are rooted there. And that's just not true. You have good way, reason sometimes. Yes, if you're a person you, who sees sees a black person and you automatically hit the uh, lock button or something in your car, yeah, I, I've, I'm sure there are people who do that and there's something wrong with them because they're prejudiced because that person's black. But sometimes you're hitting the thing on your car because there's a person approaching you with their shirt o- open, which has happened to me on 6th Street before. <laughs> And a weapon, like I, you know, like you've got. There are times when you need to hit the lock button. <laughs> do you remember? Uh, do you remember when Jesse Jackson years ago said that he was nervous when young black men were near him on the street? I don't remember. I mean, look, if you're, yeah, if you're somewhere that's work crimes aren't going to be happening generally and the person that you're nervous of there's no other indication other than the color of their skin then maybe what you're doing is is racist or based on some false assumptions but you know <laughs> when you're downtown and there's a gang of young black males approaching you with sinister looks and you feel uncomfortable it's okay to cross the street maybe you're wrong Maybe you're wrong, but it's not racist. It's self-preservation. Self-preservation isn't racist. Um, so, yeah, I. What There's, a destructive uh, thing to teach people. This is it is. It's it's teaching you to disable any of your instinctive, self-protective measures. Yeah. Um, okay. Next slide. Let's try to get. Through they this need you to do that because they're about to throw you on a boxcar. Okay. Um, Wow, there's another slide of this? Yeah, okay. I think this is the last one. So, no, so here's some others. On. There's that one and that one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but this is the last one with the charts. So okay. here's another example of a microaggression. This one is the theme of heteronormativity. It's so funny because these are all things that, you know, 20 years ago at college, I was being indoctrinated into this, this cult of belief. And I never imagined at the time when I was in it, of course, I wanted all of this to go mainstream, but I never imagined cut to 20 years down the road, we would be successful that you would have a government agency like NASA indoctrinating their employees into this garbage. But here it is, um, hetero- heteronormativity. So the microaggression here, examples, uh, don't you want a family? Uh, have you ever had real sex? And so who's the man in the relationship? Now they're saying these are examples of heterosexist questions to ask gay couples. By the way, uh, the first one is just like a family normative question, not heteronormative. Like there are plenty of gay couples who do want families. So they're that's saying actually that you're not heteronormative. It's just family normative. They're saying that you're assuming you must be assuming that they 
can't have a family because they're gay, which I don't know anybody who assumes that about gay people. Like, again, are you living in the 1950s? Like, nobody is people. Of like, course they have families. gay people like, have families. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Here's another thing. I do theme. like walking up to people at work and asking if they've ever had real sex, but that's just me. <laughs> um. <laughs> is that, did that used to be your pickup line when you were single? Yeah. Hey, hey baby, lady. ever had real sex? <laughs> it didn't work very well. Uh, mostly because I tried it at the library. But, you know. Uh. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's the next theme. Sexism. Sexism. Okay, so here's an example of questions of microaggressions. You're going to stay home with the kids, right? <laughs> Who says this? <laughs> now, again, this, are this the 1950s? Are you gonna, nobody's ever said... Okay, uh, what she's trying Can to say... Can you ask a guy is, that? Is it also sexism <laughs> if you ask a guy? <laughs> they probably wouldn't mind if you ask a guy that because then you'd be disrupting the patriarchy I see. um and then look they this made it on the list you should smile more they <laughs> don't want you to smile carrie tells me that all the time by the way so <laughs> i'm going to be offended uh I should smile. actually and beverly tells me that a lot you don't tell me that a lot beverly does. I, do, I don't ever she says when i start interviews i'm not i'm like i'm just like too Matter of fact, I need to be like, hey, we're interviewing someone. Oh, I didn't um, know she told you that, but that's good. She does. She tells me I need to smile more. So now um, I'm going, I would file a sexual harassment complaint against her. Um, but I don't think it'll go anywhere knowing this company. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. let's move on. Uh, well, wait, what Carrie's trying wait. to say is. Uh, <laughs> no, sorry. There's an example of the man explaining right there. <laughs> Moving on to the other microaggressions, this is in a category of invalidation of severity of mental illness. Now, this one is really cracks me up. Uh, listen to this example sentence. You have a mental illness, but you seem so normal. <laughs> As people say all the time. They're not normal. They're statists. So. Here we go. Now, this one is also really upsetting because they're trying to say that something helpful is not helpful. They included the they included the quote, why don't you get out of bed and get some fresh air? What is wrong with that? You should be encouraging someone that you should be encouraging yeah. them that, you know, I'm, I am a little bit confused about who says that at work, but that's a separate issue. <laughs> Maybe it's because you're calling into work because you're so mentally ill. You can't make I it see, in. And yeah. your friend's like, you should get out of bed and get some fresh yeah, air. Yeah, you should get out of bed and How get some fresh air, buddy. Slash dare paycheck. you? I'm taking right. you to HR. <laughs> this is a microaggression. How dare you suggest I get fresh air? What, next, you'll be suggesting I eat some breakfast and take a shower. <laughs> like, love myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're invalidating you? the severity of my mental illness. <sighs> Don't right. you dare show me loving, give me loving advice. By the way, the impact message, why can't I just read the impact for that one? It says, why can't you get over this? And all I heard in my head was, why can't you grow up? Which I do think yeah. is a valid question that we should be asking most adults today. Uh, why can't you grow up? Can you just grow up and get over it? That's a never be ashamed of asking that question. Just get over it. Grow this up. is this is really in the context of work in the workplace. Like you're saying, it's sort of like, if you're mentally ill, and you're calling into work and not coming in again. And your boss is, first of all, forget saying, hey, if you don't eventually make it into work, 
one of these days we might have to let you go. Forget that. They're too, they're never going to say that you've already, they're, they're afraid of firing you, but now they can't even give you loving suggestions of like, Hey Bob, maybe like get out of bed today and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. get some fresh air. It's like, maybe I'm go see suing the taxpayer funded therapist. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, real companies, real companies, uh, well, well-managed companies, they intentionally try and only hire adults and like, Barring legal action that can be taken against you as a uh, as an employer, which there are, there's legal action that can be taken in many states. Uh, if someone doesn't have their shit together, you fire them. Like you hire adults if they are this sensitive. That what a toxic work environment you've got. I mean, if you're NASA, you don't have shit to do. But if you're like a real company, you actually have stuff you need to get done. You can't wallow in bed all day long and get upset that people are asking you to get out of bed. So. Um, yeah, like, what a recipe for, like, if you want to run a successful yes. business, do the opposite of all of this. Of all of this. You know what this does? We've seen this happen over and over. We should cover one day the uh, the example. There's an orchestra example that that uh, we talked about a while back where th this basically uh, empowers any bad faith bully, any bad faith manipulative, narcissist, cunning, con artist bully to take advantage of this whole microaggression policy that you're introducing and to find defense in everything. And now you've given them documented things they can point to, to say, I have been aggrieved here. And if you fire me for being a bad employee, I'm going to sue you because one time somebody at the workplace told me I was smart and that's a micro racist microaggression. Do you know what I mean? Any bad faith bully you're giving them, You've, you're saying, "Hey, put us over a barrel." <laughs> yeah, look. I mean, we know we know this. Uh, it, it, the, the The frustrating thing here is that the we know how idiotic this all is. I guess it's frustrating to see that it's at NASA, but I mean, you know, it's at the Air Force and it's at the Army and it's every it's other government agency. Every, I mean, every single branch of the government has something like this. So it's not surprising. It's just, this is what the end of a civilization looks like. Right. It is so surprising to any, it is surprising to normies. I still know, I know you don't know a lot of normies. I still interact with a lot of normies and they're, this stuff shocks them that it's in the military, that it's at NASA. They're like, what are you talking about? You know, that's who I, I was like, let's make a video. We'll send it out to all the normies I know. <laughs> like, look, this stuff isn't there. It's there. No, no, I, I get yeah. it. I get it. And the normies, you got to wake up. Like, NASA is not the thing from the 80s that you thought it was. And the government, I mean, I, I'm going to just say that I've said this before. Name your government agency. It's the DMV. Those are the people there. That's what it is. If you hate the DMV and think they're incompetent slackers, your favorite government agency is full of those people. That's what the government is. It's the DMV. Stop thinking there's anything cool about the CIA or the NSA or the FBI or NASA. Like, there's nothing cool that they are the DMV of whatever they're supposed to be doing. They're the DMV. That's what they are. Yeah. Okay, last one. Now, here's an example of a microaggression, and they put this under the theme of environmental. <laughs> Um, and they say, and these are just names. So Washington Redskins. Wait, you missed Robert the classism. <laughs> I did. I missed classism. Oh, it's hard. Oh, for you haven't been to Europe, Carrie. You really should uh, go. <laughs> wow. Never mention your vacation at work. Apparently that's classism. 
or uh, I wouldn't think you live here at work. Who lives at work? I think when you go to their house <laughs> and it's see. a nice house, I wouldn't think you live here, <laughs> which is a great nasty thing to say to someone if you want to be a jerk. I like that. Um, Nobody. Or maybe if you go to their house and it's a crappy house, it's like, I wouldn't think you live here. I had a higher opinion of you, but apparently. You know, it strikes me that what they've done is they they take some, they cherry pick examples of just people being terrible people. And then they want to say, they want to say, no, this is all, this is all related to race somehow. And this is all related to sex. <laughs> it's and, a class. And it's all related yeah. to class and it's all related to sexuality. It's like, no, there's just some terrible people. Why don't you do a seminar about how like, hey, this is how not to be a jerk. But instead you're indoctrinating and saying white people have this inherent bias and unconscious <laughs> racism and implicit and, and men have this inherent bias and privilege and straight people and like you're teaching isms. You're teaching isms based on these things that some terrible people do. You're turning people into terrible people with this stuff, NASA. <laughs> yeah, they, they haven't been to Europe, you should really go. That's just a way that someone recommends things that they like. That's a free, like, like there are people who, like, I don't really love traveling anymore. I did a lot of it when I was um, younger for work and like, I don't really care. Um, but some people really love traveling. They just really love it and so, they're like, oh, you haven't been to Prague, you need to go to Prague. You haven't been to Paris, you need to go to Paris. It's like, they, they, that's how they talk. Kind of like I might say, you haven't read von Mises, you really need to read von Mises. Like, I'm not, there's not like a classism inherent in that. It's just, this is the thing that I like. I think it's important and great, and you really should do this thing. It's not a, it doesn't need to be anything mean about that. Yeah, classism. And of course, no one at NASA's read von Mises. Let's be clear about that. And then the right, final one is microaggression. Um, this is naming things like the Washington Redskins, Robert E. Lee High School. Uh, I can't read that last part. College rooms and hallways with pictures of predominantly white, heterosexual, upper-class males. Okay. I don't need to I'd just like to tell everyone now, I am predominantly white and heterosexual. <laughs> don't want you hanging on my wall. Predominantly. <laughs> I, the whole thing's stupid. The whole thing is obviously stupid, right? So, you know, I guess Neil Armstrong can't be on the walls of NASA because there's too, you know, too many Neil Armstrongs is a problem. Most of the guys that went on space missions and many people involved in NASA early on were white males, probably heterosexual. Um, there were a few women who, who of, of note, who helped get men to the moon, uh, but it was men. Uh, you can't celebrate your history at all with NASA. You've got to be ashamed of it and, I don't know. Go find pictures of someone else, a black trans woman from 1950, and stick her. Somebody on Somebody needs to know. do if if SNL were actually relevant and funny still. Somebody needs to do a sketch of somebody takes takes this to, into the home where they're like, we can't have family photos up because it's all white people. So we put up this black family photo. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> coming in real life. That is that is coming because there are. They are going to tell you, they're already telling you that it's bigoted to not want to sleep with someone who, who declares to be the gender that you're attracted to sexually. So wow. like, if you're a lesbian, it's a bigot, bigoted to not want to sleep with someone who has a penis if they cl claim they're a female, right? Or they claim they're a woman. So like, we're already getting there. I'm sure it will get to be the point of like, oh, 
if you are in a relationship, if you're white and you're in a relationship with another white person, that's going to be viewed as like overt racism. There's already a thing going around where like white guys married to Asian women, that's like a sign of being a white supremacist um, is what I'm told. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. They oppose um, interracial relationships, by the way, for the most part, the same way that white supremacists do. A lot of the woke people do. That's like when you get super woke, then you just like circle all the way back around to white supremacy. But so I, I think we should wrap this up. We just wanted to do this live and keep it short and sweet, guys. Thank you. If you gave us a super chat, I'm sorry we didn't get to read it during this live stream, but we're going to collect them and read them during our next Kafefi break. And I think we should put up, this is a, a three page slide. We'll put it up on unsafespace.com if you guys want to grab the original documents. And you can see here at the bottom, it, it NASA is included in this. Um, yeah, so this, can, these are their yeah. list of yeah. resources. I guess you could go, I haven't even had time. I haven't looked at these. Yeah, resources, we just got but. these while I was driving. So, <laughs> yeah. But we'll put these up on unsafespace.com. Thank you guys for tuning in today. And we will see you yeah. at our regular time on Friday. Fri yeah, Friday. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, bye, everyone. Let me find the credits. I'll boomer the credits here. See you later. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms. Well, mostly. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to its thinky talk. The following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and will be recycled as part of our sustainability program. Don't be sad. You can't make an omelette without purging all dissidents. Honestly, I am worried that you have been exposed to extremist content. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.